Hello, and welcome to Raw Deal, the podcast where we talk about the injustices of single moms slash baby mamas and give voices to women that might be lost in a male-dominated world. This is a safe place where women support and believe other women. This is a judgment-free zone. Except for baby daddies, we will be judging them. Hello, baby mamas. It's Justice here with another Raw Deal Baby Mama and Justice Diaries podcast. Today, I interviewed Marie. Marie is the woman behind the Instagram at Single Mom Confessions. This interview brought tears to my eyes a couple of times because she is so inspiring and such an amazing woman. I think we all have a lot to learn from her, so I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. So many times throughout this interview, it's like she was saying exactly what I was thinking, and I just knew that I'm right where I need to be and doing exactly what I need to be doing. If you haven't already, please subscribe and follow my Instagram at rawdealdiariespod. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the episode. Bye. Trigger warning for today's episode. This one is a tough one to listen to because we discuss some triggering topics, including infant sickness and death. Welcome, Marie, for a second time to Raw Deal. So this is our second time recording because the first time the audio was kind of cutting out. So hopefully this sounds a little better for you guys. Um, Thank you so much for reshooting this. It means so much that you want, you know, the quality to be good for our listeners. Yes, definitely. And thank you for having me again, Justice. And yeah, when I was listening to it, I was like, man, some people are probably just click right out of it. So, yeah. And like, I'm like a low key, like perfectionist too. So it's, I so much enjoyed our conversation the first time. So it's no problem. I did too. Yes. Okay. So, um, tell our listeners a little bit about your journey into motherhood. Okay. So I became a single mom at the age of 23. I was newly graduated from college at the time, still living at home with my mom. And at the time, I didn't know I was pregnant. So everything came about when one day I had came home from the gym. And my mom was telling me that my stomach was looking like a pregnant stomach. So uh, at the time, you know, alarm bells start going off. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a test just to prove her wrong. Because, you know, we always think that we know everything at that young age so went got a pregnancy test um when I took it I took it um at night initially and like the second line was like faint so I had never been pregnant before in my first time even taking a pregnancy test so uh my sister either a friend or my sister had told me take it in the morning and it will definitely let me know And also I have it on Google too, because my anxiety was so high that night that you take it in the morning, there's more of the pregnancy hormone in your urine. So all night, restless, got up in the morning. The first thing I did, I took the test. So this time the pink line is really pink. So I called my son's dad and he had already knew for the night before that I had took a test, but I told him I wasn't sure um, of like the results. So 
I told him, okay, it's pink, pink this time. So I'm going to definitely have to go to the, the doctor and everything. So eventually I go to the doctor and well, in my mind thinking that I was only a couple of weeks. So in my mind, um, I'm going to be honest. I was newly graduated from college. I knew that I did not have nothing to offer a child at the time. I didn't have a job. I was you know, interviewing and kind of planning my future post-college. So in my mind, I was going to get an abortion. And my son's dad was in, he was in support of that. And later when I get to the next part, you guys will understand why. When I get to the doctor, I find out, okay, yes, definitely pregnant, but I'm 25 weeks pregnant. So I'm very pregnant. (laughs) That is so insane (laughs) that you were 25 weeks. Like, Oh like, my goodness. Yeah, because um I have irregular periods. I've struggled with irregular periods, which is basically due to PCOS since I was about 17. Uh so it wasn't abnormal for me to miss my period. So I guess that's why I really like no alarm bells had went off for me. Yeah, yeah. So so okay, once I leave the doctor, of course, like I know not like I knew that my journey was starting right then and there because the doctor has stepped out and, you know, usually once the doctor is done with his visit, he steps out and then like the nurse kind of like wraps up your visit. So the nurse is like, well, are you going to continue the pregnancy? And I'm like, yeah, I I will be continuing the pregnancy. I'm not going to get an abortion. And she was letting me know like the, like the timeframe that I would have like legal, Legally, I could still get an abortion at the time, but I said, no, I just heard my, I just, I didn't know I was having a son at the time, but I'm like, I just heard my child's heartbeat. My sister had, my sister was like crying because like she could not, we could not believe it. So fast forward, I get home, I call up my son's dad. I let him know like, all right, I am pregnant, definitely confirmed by a doctor, but I am very pregnant. And then, you know, it starts with, the trapping and all of this stuff. And you could just tell that he wasn't happy. He was disappointed. So so all the support that he was giving me before when he thought that it was a chance that I was going to get an abortion, all of that went out the window. Yeah. Yeah. It's sorry. It's, it's so frustrating to hear so many times, you know, in these um, circumstances you hear the man is like, Oh, you're trying to trap me and da da da. It's like, I don't understand what goes on in men's heads to think I'm the one that didn't pull out <laughs> and they're trying to trap me. Like what? I don't get right. that mindset. It's both, you know, it's, you know, it's both parties, right? You know, it's both parties. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously as a woman, I consented to not have protective sex with this person and he consented as well, not to have, um, not to have protected sex with me as well so yes yes and then at the time even before I found out I was pregnant I for the most of our relationship I was on birth control because like I said I had PCOS typically when you go in and a gynecologist know that you have either irregular period or they officially diagnose you with PCOS they give you birth control to, um, to um, regulate your period but I was having bad side effects from the um from the birth control so I was done with birth control I was like I'm done with this and I had to talk with him like maybe like five months before five months before <laughs> and I yeah. was him know yep. that I'm getting off of the pill so you know we we, we may want to use 
um, condoms, and he's just like, you know, a typical guy, like, all right, well, we haven't been using condoms, but why do we have to use condoms now? So, you know, he was not trapped. No, he just didn't want to take the responsibility. Right. <laughs> when and you had been right. taking out before that. So, right. uh, you know, I should have been more responsible too, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. So, fast forward, um, I would say maybe like a month later, I found out that he had been seeing somebody else behind my back for like over a year. Um, this was through an Instagram post. He was with this individual, this female, and I guess they were out somewhere. He had, she had took his phone and posted a post of him, um, on Instagram. But you know how when a, when a girl is with a guy and she makes the cute little caption stuff, guys don't do stuff like that. So immediately. So you could tell it was her. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell that. I can tell that it was her. So, uh, immediately, like, okay, the situation, like, you know, things hit the fan at that time. Uh, you know, I'm calling him, calling him, calling him, trying to find out, like, okay, like, what's going on? Because, like, you know I'm pregnant. And, like I said, he had gaslighted me. Before I found out I was pregnant, he was gaslighting me um, to, like, get his way back, fully back into my life by saying, like, oh, like, you know, I want to settle down with you and down to even him saying that he knows my ring size and all of this stuff. So, you know, gaslit me, gaslit me and manipulated me. So at this point, I'm very, very, I'm very, like, I'm very enraged. But then again, now I look back to that pregnancy, like hormones too as well. So me and, this, me and this female, we're going back and forth. And she's like, well, he's saying that, that this is not his child and just all of the all of this, like, unnecessary stuff. So, he's not really supportive, and he's not there for me during my pregnancy. He probably came to maybe one doctor's visit with me, so he's not there for me at all. Mainly, it's my family, and then I had a very um, close friend of the family. Um, She's like a cousin to me, because our moms have been friends for so long. So she was there for me through my pregnancy, helped me with my baby showers, helped me with um, just letting me know like what things to get, how to um, just navigate this single motherhood that I knew that I was going to be embarking on. So eventually I have my son and what does he do? He posts a post to let everybody know that he had the child. So then this girl has like egg on her face. <laughs> Well, yeah, what did she expect? I don't, I don't understand. Right, because obviously he manipulated the the, um, situation and he pinned both of us against each other because, of course, he got caught red-handed and he didn't want to take accountability. So then um, I have my son. He's there for the birth, but he leaves, he leaves the hospital before I get discharged. So then my cousin, she comes, she picks me up from the hospital, she takes me home. And then um, at that time, you know, I'm stressed. I don't have a job. I'm on welfare. I'm getting food stamps. I'm getting Medicaid. I'm getting public assistance. Um, I'm getting everything. I'm getting WIC because that's, I knew I had to provide for my son. So um, I, I ended up finding a job, I want to say, once my son was on the cusp of turning two months, I had found the job. 
Um, cause in my mind, all right, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. And, um, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it right. So I find a job. I'm still healing from the, um, from the, um, birth and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I start working, uh, and then eventually my son, my son was getting sick. Well, I, me and my mom had thought that he was having his first cold. So, um, me being that, that paranoid, scary first time mom, I was bringing him to the doctor every week consistently for like, I want to say three weeks. And the doctor and the uh, urgent care was like, oh, it's just his first cold. Obviously, there's not many medicines that you can give a two-month-old. So she was like, just steam him in the bathroom. And, you know, they tell you like saline, all that jazz or whatever the case may be. So one night, my son um, sounds bad. My, my mom was like, you know, he sounds bad. Um, his chest is sounds like it's like rattling. So um, not knowing at the time, that's a telltale sign of pneumonia. Go to the ER. Sure enough, my son has pneumonia. So, okay, I'm like, okay, at least we caught it in time. We're at the hospital. He's getting treated. But then uh, eventually the nurse starts to notice that when he's when he's breathing, like right, like where they would put like a trach on somebody, it's sinking in very deep when he's breathing. So at this time, at night, they call the doctor in, and the doctor on call, they call her in, and they they're now transferring my son to a different hospital, forty five minutes away, so that he can go to ICU to figure out why is he having such a hard time breathing. I cannot so, imagine my child getting pneumonia and at two months, like that must have been so scary. Very, very, very scary. And once again, yes, his dad had came. His dad did have, um his dad did come up while he was in the hospital um initially where I live at because his dad lives an hour away. So of course, when my son was getting transferred, of course, I'm there at the hospital alone. No, Nobody's there with me. And this was like 2014. So my son gets transferred. We go down to ICU. They're still trying to figure out what's going on with him. Uh, so eventually they ended up scoping him, his throat, and they found out that he had like an um, abscess. Yes, he had an abscess in his throat. And they uh, had to um, operate on him to um, drain it. And then they were giving him steroids and other treatments. And once he got it drained, he started going back to himself, drinking, eating, all of that. So you would think, okay, we're 45 minutes closer to his dad. So his dad is probably like a half an hour away, you know, with traffic and everything. His dad was still not coming. So his dad eventually did come. And he comes in the room and acts like I'm not there. He comes with his mother and they act like I'm not there. So disrespectful. That was one of the points that really um, jumped out to me when we were talking last time. It's just so disrespectful. You're, you know, your whole, you just gave up your whole life for his son Mm -hmm. and are taking care of his sick son in the hospital and to not even acknowledge you like is so like just so disgusting and disrespectful. Right. So I was very, I was very angry that day because not only am I dealing with my son being sick, I also got a call from my gynecologist as a follow-up from my post-six-week appointment. 
that they had found precancerous cells on my cervix. So they were going to call and tell me that, okay, you have to come in because we have to now test these cells to make sure that it's not cancer. So I just told the office, like, I can't even have this conversation with you right now. I'm going to have to follow up with you guys once everything is settled with, with my son. And I just hung up because I just, I couldn't add that onto my plate right then and there. I had to make sure that my son was okay. I wasn't eating like that. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. Um, the Like the nurse in the hospital had to force me and she had to tell me, get up, go eat, don't stay in the room all day. Because I was, I would just stay in the room all day. That is the definition of motherhood is you had, you got a call. Well, I guess I should say of being like a super mom, you Mm -hmm. got a call that you have precancerous cells and you're like, hold on. I just, we can talk about that later. Like that doesn't matter right now. That is like, yeah, you are, you are such an amazing mother and your son is so lucky to have you. Yeah. Cause, um, at that point I didn't, cause that was, that happened early on, like when we had just got there, probably like a day or two to in, into our stay there. So, and then while I was there, I had I had witnessed a nine month old child die. The child didn't die right before my eyes, but when they was rushing, they was rushing by the by the room with with the infant on the thing, and you you just know when life is gone, you know, like the way that child yeah. was laying there, I would never forget it. I just knew that life had like left that child. So at that point I'm frantic. I don't care about nothing else. I'm praying, praying, praying. I want my son to get better. I want, I was like, God, like don't take my son from me. Yeah. So, you were getting thrown every hurdle, like yes. that could have been thrown at you. It sounds like. Yes. So, and were like, you, we're so sorry. Um, were you alone during this? Like it was just yeah, you? Cause, yeah, I was forty five minutes away from um where I live at. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom still had to work. Everybody still had their life and what they had to do. So, but um, you know, outside of like you know text messages and phone calls that I was obviously getting from my family and everybody, physically everybody couldn't drop what they were doing to be there with me, which I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, Except for his father, I do not understand. You know, the least he could have done is come and right. help you out. Yeah. Right. So eventually I found out, okay, um, we're, we're going to transfer you guys to the regular floor. So we get transferred to the regular floor. They say, okay, we want you guys to stay for a few more days just so we can figure out what the bacteria growth is from um, what was inside of the abscess so that we can give your son the proper antibiotics to um, treat him. I said, okay. So, uh, you know, I'm very angry, very angry. And at that point, I'm just trying to figure out, okay, what could you be doing that's keeping you from being here with your son or at least calling and checking on him? So at that time, I had, I had, found, I had found out that not only was he out on taking people out on a date, this, this new female that he was with, not the female that he cheated on me with, this was a whole different female. So not only was he out on date night with her? He also went to a Knicks game. Oh my gosh, that is like mind blowing that your son could have pneumonia and be in the hospital. How many days were you in the hospital? I, I would say, in total, between my local hospital and the hospital 45 minutes away, I want to say I, we spent maybe, 
maybe almost two weeks. And you're just out living your life at a fucking mm-hmm. Knicks game. Uh, yep, and don't forget, he's on he's on date night. Like, that is a new level of just... Low. Yes, yes. Yes. So, um... So, I, so then my son, okay, we get this truck, we go home, and then, you know, trying to, once again, I felt that I had so much to prove to everyone, not so much, like, my immediate circle, but I felt like, like I had so much to prove to him that, you know what, even though you're not here, I'm going to still get the job done. So, we get released, and I hop, like, right back into going to work. Uh, and then eventually, my job lets me go. My job lets me go because, yeah, my job let me go. And that was right after you, it wasn't, didn't you say that was because of your um, stay at the hospital? I wanted, well, before I left, everything was going fine. They knew up front I had just had a newborn. I was very transparent with everything. You know, when you get fired from a job legally, they can't say that. But I mean, I was doing great. You were happy with, with my performance up until I had to be out of work for my son's uh, hospitalization. So I come back. What else could have happened that you guys yeah. now want to fire me? A hundred percent. It was a hundred percent because of that. So it yeah. Was because of the hospitalization. So, uh, yes, I got fired. And you know what? That day I was like, even though I knew that I was going to be on some hard times, um, financially, I was happy for it because I'm like, you know what? I get a, I don't have to play Superwoman anymore. I can be home with my son, and I can watch all his milestones, and I can watch him grow up. So that's what I did. I stayed home with my son. Yeah, financially, I was ruined because we were we were living off my credit cards. I refused. I refused because um, I had gotten off of public assistance, which is basically like give like them giving you like cash assistance at social services. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm not going back down there because it's like it's too much with the judgment. So I was like, I'll continue to get Medicaid and food stamps and WIC. And for everything else, we lived off of my credit cards. Wow. Diapers, wipes, clothing. My mom helped, of course, my mom helped when she could. And then another thing that didn't help me is that he was only paying $60 a month in child support. That is, yeah, we talk. I just, what's crazy to me is like, I I said this last time, I don't want to sound like, like a broken record, but it's like, it's just so upsetting that the system is set up that you are having to, you know, ruin your credit. Mm-hmm. Do get a job after you had just given birth. So he's only two months old. You're two months postpartum. You're having to do no matter what you're going to have to do, whatever you have to do to help your child essentially live and thrive. And he has to pay $60 a month. Like I'm sure he, he should have to ruin his credit. If your credit is going mm-hmm. to shit, he should have to ruin his credit. It, it shouldn't be based on, how much money the father makes it should be how much the child needs like because that's a, that's what you're having to do you're having to to provide and 
And what what is that sixty dollars worth? One one thing of diapers, two things of diapers. Like that is that's, ridiculous. Yeah, that's basically that's that's basically if you get the big like you know like the big big box of um diapers, and then yeah. if you get like a big wipe. Other than that, you really can't you really can't buy anything with that six dollars. Like it really only covers diapers and wipes. Honestly, it's and just a slap in the, the face. Month. No, it really it really was. Uh, but I just knew that I had to just, I couldn't just walk out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause then, you know, everybody wants to give, give, give these men, give them a pass, but we don't get a pass. Cause I remember even there was some people that were like, you know, he, he's a man. It, it takes, it, you know, sometimes it takes a man a little bit longer to like, you know, get used to being a father and it's like why does he get a pass like why why no that's not acceptable no it's not and I've been told that many times too and um you know I don't I don't blame the people that say that to me just because I think they're they're a little bit brainwashed by society Mm -hmm. um but it's it's like if you were you know you had your your son and you were like Eh, like I, I just don't feel like paying for anything for him this month or like I don't really want to take care of him right now like you would be judged so hard you would you know probably get CPS called on you um, and no one would be saying oh you know like it takes her a little bit of time to come around to her so like no one would be saying that it's just ridiculous like as a society we need to stop this concept that it takes men longer to bond or longer to come around or longer to mature like you guys were what this I think he was even older than you right or the same age um we're we're born we're born like the same year but his birthday just falls before mine so Uh yeah he had already turned 24 that year and I was um on the verge of turning um 24 later on in the year so um eventually I do get the job the next year to uh summer 2015. All right, I get a job. I'm working this job. I first start the job. I'm just happy to be working. I'm just happy to be working because then um once I had started that job, then uh eventually a couple months down, then me and my sister we had um got an apartment together. December of 2015, we had got a place together. So that helped me out a lot. I was able to be on my own, you know, with my son and things like that. And we, you know, he can have like more space versus us being inside of a room in my mom's house, not really having that much space. So it was great. But then, you know, this job turned out to be extremely toxic. So not only am I dealing with a horrible co-parenting relationship, parenting alone, I have to deal with an extremely toxic job. But I knew at that point, like, all right, you can't quit. Like, you, you, like, you have to put on your big girl pants, and you have to continue to work. So I continue to work, continue to work, and then, in the midst of everything, I had started going to college for my master's degree, wow. which I didn't mention in the first um, interview. Yeah. So yeah, I started. I started my master's degree, and I, so I was doing school. And I was also taking care of my son, and I was working full time as well. Did you ever sleep? Oh my goodness! I did sleep, but it was far and few. Um, but I just, like I said, I was just going through so many. Like you know, you go through so many emotions at that time. So I was just really just trying to 
distract myself. If I, I mean, if that's a good word, distract myself, keep myself busy while also improving myself at the same time. Cause I had, I had always said that I wanted my master's um, degree. So I'm like, you know what, this is a perfect time. Let me do it while my son is young, um, before he gets older, because we both can't be doing homework together. <laughs> that is amazing. Yes. So my mental health, as I was talking before, um, when we had first spoke, my mental health was terrible at that time. Very depressed. Um, didn't really want to do anything. I was gaining like a lot of weight, a lot of weight that I'm still trying to lose, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I, yeah, because the job was really wearing hard on me because I was trying so hard to like, ad, you know, advance within this organization. And I was, you know, I, did, I did, just kept getting shot down. And then my, my, then my account, I told you it was, it was every other week, my account was overdrawn. Yeah. Yeah, my account was overdrawn to help me make ends meet. So... And sorry to um, interrupt, but I remember um, when we spoke last, um, you also said that you weren't able to breastfeed, right? Because you weren't eating enough? Yeah, when I first had my son, I was not eating. Like, I I was so consumed with taking care of him that literally I would forget to eat. Yeah. So, you know, when you don't take care of yourself properly... You're not going to be producing milk. You're not going to have viable milk for that for that child. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't. Um, yeah, my milk supply went down. So I gave up. I had given up on on breastfeeding. Like when my son was like a month old, I had just like given up on it. I was losing. I had lost a lot of weight, but if, of of course it wasn't healthy. So then once I just started, I just didn't care. I just would just eating whatever I wasn't trying to be healthy or anything and then I just remember that night that I had told you about I was at work late one night and just I just had so much on my shoulders and I just remember I just started crying and we're just like uncontrollably crying because at the time I was doing my master's degree and I knew that I wanted a different job I was going on a few interviews but nothing was really like pulling through for me so I was just praying, 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 praying to God to just help me better my situation and just letting God know that, hey, I'm trying. I'm doing all that I can do. Um, I told you I, at that time, um, I couldn't even afford to buy myself a winter jacket. Yeah. I was, yeah, I couldn't even afford to buy myself a winter jacket. So I was just going through so much because I'm like, I can't even buy myself a jacket. Like, this is, this is pathetic. Um. So yeah, I was just crying, crying, crying. And then um, at that moment, like, I just knew that, you know what? I have to turn my pain into purpose. I just, I needed an outlet because I felt like I really could not talk to everybody or like anyone that was close to me the way that I really wanted to talk, talk freely about how I was feeling, that I was depressed. I felt worthless. I just, I felt so much shame because I'm like, I always said that I was going to be married. I was supposed to have a husband. Like, it was not supposed to be like this when I have my first child. So I was going through so many emotions. So that's when I started my Instagram page, uh, Single Mom Confessions. So I started, I started that page anonymously. Nobody that I knew that was um close to me they did not know that that was my page or anything like 
I'm just posting this as my diary and I'm like hashtagging. So eventually, like, I start seeing that, okay, I'm getting followers, I'm getting likes, and people are like interacting with my posts and people are interacting with me and saying, okay, I'm going through this as well. I feel exactly what you're saying. And sometimes with certain things, it's just like when you go to a therapist, it's easier to talk to a therapist sometimes about certain things than it is with people that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can talk more freely and you don't have, you don't feel like a therapist is going to judge you. Yeah. And at that time I'm like, you know, I had already been judged enough. So I'm like, I don't need that. And then also at that time too, I had seen so many different women of different races, different, different ethnicities that they were single moms too. That was something I told you before that had like blew my mind because I live in a community that's mainly composed of brown, black and brown people. So growing up, a lot of women that I knew, they were single moms, black women. So it was normal to me when I went to school, the white kids, their fathers always came to school. So I'm like, white women don't go through that. This just must be a black thing. So it was very eye-opening for me to know that, okay, not only black black women are not the only ones that go through this, it's other women of other races that are single moms as well. So I kept the page going, kept the page going, kept the page going. And then eventually I did let family and friends know that, hey, you know what? I did start this page. Oh, yeah, you did. did what What was their reaction to your page? They were very, very supportive. They were like very supportive because that was, when I did that, that was me taking back my power. Yeah, because, totally. Yeah, yeah, I made a mistake by picking the wrong person to have a child with, but that's nothing for me to be ashamed of. That's nothing yeah. for me to be ashamed of. So eventually I let them know, all right, this is my page. If you want to follow me, you can follow me and things like that. And it's been nothing, it's been nothing but support from all the people that I've let know that I'm the person behind that page. So it's been nothing but support oh, on that I, page. That makes me so happy. Yes, definitely. Because sometimes you don't, people look down on single moms so much that you don't, I remember before you were saying that on your main account, you don't want to follow accounts that deal with single moms because you don't want people to think that you're bitter. And no, sometimes mm-hmm. single mothers, we need community. Yes, yeah. We need somebody to talk to that understands what we go through on a daily basis, how we feel on a daily basis, because this is not an easy journey at all. Yeah, I, you know, what, yeah, the first time I I found your account was a, a few weeks ago, um, because that's, I, you know, I'm starting my podcast Instagram account, and I was looking for other accounts to follow that were a little bit like mine or kind of get inspiration from. And I found your account, Single Mom Confessions. And that was the first account I have found that I felt like was in our our niche, like that was talking about the things that I exactly was feeling. Like I've, I've found other accounts, you know, that kind of um, are dealing with the things that I'm going through, but yours really like hit it right on the head. Every single post that you post, I just feel like I can relate to so much. And not only that, but the comments on your posts, when you have a lot of posts where you're like, 
their interactive ones like, oh, comment what, like, blah, blah, blah. And the comments on your posts, I just feel like I finally felt like, okay, I'm not alone and other people have the same mindset as me and other people are going through the same things that I'm going through. Um, a lot of times, you know, I'm from a really conservative town and going on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter honestly kind of brings me down sometimes just the people I follow. I see a lot of them kind of um, making excuses for men all the time and shaming women. Um, and so I just feel like no one has the same mindset as me here. But going on your page, I finally, I'm like, okay, there are some normal people in the world and there are people that, you know, don't, don't hate women and are women and are going through this. And so that was like, yeah, I, I was, I was sitting in the car waiting for my outside of her visit with her dad. And it was just like a breath of fresh air and your account has helped me so, so much, like more than, you know. Right. And that makes me feel good to know that. Like I said, I was able to turn my pain into purpose. And I just feel like once I like let go of like all the anger, all the resentment and just everything I was feeling from my situation, like things started to really come together for me. Like uh, I got, I finished my master's degree December of 2018. I finished my master's degree. I ended up finding a much higher paying job like I want to say two months later oh wow good I had okay. been I had been at the toxic job for three and a half years and I had been manifesting um a new job I was manifesting a new job for so long so I got a new job a job that was flexible that was understanding that I'm a mother before anything you know great work-life balance and everything and um it really allowed me to be the mother I really wanted to be as far as being able to take off for events at my son's school. And I would say from that moment, like things got, like once I changed my mindset, things really got better for me. And literally on my single mom confessions page, every post that I make on that page, it's the situation that happened in my life that I'm like, you know what? I think somebody else can relate to this. So, you know, let me put this out here to let that person know that maybe going through this situation that you are not alone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, behind every post, mainly every post on my page is inspired by something that I was going through in my life. So not only was I reminding myself, I was reminding other women that might need to hear whatever that message may be that I was trying to convey at the time. So... And then, because shortly before I had got this new job, I had, remember I told you that my son's dad had was out of the picture for two years. So at the end of 2018, I had called myself going to get a second job because I was tired of my bank account being overdrawn every other week. So I'm like, something has to give. I need to pay these credit cards off. So I, I ended up getting a second job. So I probably was like, maybe like going into like my second week of the second job. It was a Saturday, and I told you a number kept calling my phone, and I'm like, who is this? So I'm like, okay, this person keeps calling, so let me just pick up. So I'm like, hello. A guy said he has some legal documents that he needs to serve me. So at that point, I'm like, well, I paid my rent. Like, I'm just, I'm just like, confused. So he's like, okay. He's like, well, I'm outside a, a process server. I go outside. I get the documents. I open it. 
and it's my ex now petitioning the court for visitations after being gone for two years. Oh my gosh. Uh, hearing so, it again is is yeah. still just as awful. It's still, it's yeah. still, yeah. So at that point, I'm like, okay, you know what? It was all. It was always my fear that he would bring me to court. So I'm like, you know what? I gotta just face this head on. So, you know, I did whatever research I can do on the uh, internet, reading like different like uh, law law sites and things like that, and trying to find like what the uh, laws were for like my state, which I live in, New York. So eventually, okay, the court date comes, and well, before I go to court. I had decided that that day when I got served that I was quitting. Um, I was quitting the job because I'm like, okay, well, you want to bring me to court, then we're gonna have to see about child support as well. Yeah. So fast forward, we go to court. I let the judge know he hadn't seen my son in two years, and uh, the judge is like, she's like looking at me like, wow, are you serious? So she turns to him, so you know, obviously confirm what I'm telling her, and he had told her that he wasn't aware that it had been two years. <laughs> He's like, oh, didn't know it had been that long. Like, what? Like, that's, that's right. not. So then the judge turns to me and she asks me what I want to do. I told her we can do graduated with visitation. So uh, we did. So we started graduated visitation as a pre- preliminary. And then we were going to go back for another court date. He came to maybe, I want to say, one to two visits. Because I was, you know, I was, you know, I was documenting everything. And at that time, I had decided too after court that it would be best that I would just file for um for custody because he had he had been gone for two years. Yeah. So at that time, I did that. So when so when we had went back for our second court date, um, they decided to not even discuss anything, and she let him know that I had filed my that I had filed my petition for uh full custody, and that at this time, okay, we have to get attorneys involved. So at this time, I'm still working at the toxic job, and um, I try to go to their legal services so I can get in a, so I can get an attorney for free. They told me I made too much money, and at this time, I told you I was barely making seventeen dollars an hour. Yeah, I I don't understand how that is set up, but that doesn't right. seem right to me. Yeah. So at this time, you know, and then I'm calling attorneys on my own, uh, asking them like. How much they're telling some some are telling me a thousand to retain, some is telling me three thousand to retain their services. I don't have that kind of money. I'm barely I'm barely making ends meet. So at that time, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know that if this was like the best decision, because then also when you do the um court process, especially when it comes to um full custody, that they appoint the child their own lawyer, as I told you before. So my son had to go speak to an attorney. And when I took him, they took him in the room by himself. And he was four. That's so sad. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I just get nervous about stuff like that because you just hear so many horror stories um, in the news. So I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. So I had called him and I was like, you know, I just think that it, I was like, Let's be honest. I'm like, me and you, we can do this. We can we can figure out custody. I mean, not custody, visitation just between me and you. I was like, we can figure that out. I was like, I really don't have any money to really give for like an attorney. And I was like, 
I don't know if you really want to take your time and energy between traveling because this is not going to be like one court date and done. Like this is going to be like ongoing um, court thing until we they come to a, a decision. So we both agreed that we were going to drop our petitions. So we both withdrew our petitions from family court. Um, I tried it for us to resolve child support court, but we could not. And I told you we, we couldn't reach an agreement. So I told him, I'm not trying to be a pain in the butt. I'm not trying to be a B-I-T-C-H. But I just think that we are not going to agree when it comes to child support court. So that's something that we are going to have to go to court for. Since we can't come up with an amount that both of us agree on. So I said so that I know that I'm getting what our child is um, entitled to based on the law. And you know that you're not getting cheated. We should just go to court. So that's what happened. I ended up getting a very good increase. And he started paying exactly what he should have been paying from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And um, I would say that situation needed to happen because I feel like that situation let him know that you will be held accountable. You can't just waltz in and just think that you're going to be running the show. Yeah, humbled him a little bit, yeah. Right, yes. I would say it definitely, like, humbled him. And I would say that we were able to start, we we were able to start having, like, conversations without arguing, without the nastiness and everything. Like, you know, we started to have, like, just, like, that mutual parent-to-parent respect for, like, one another, um, which was which was good. and. His mother had always been in the in the picture for my son, so it was never a problem, even though she had not seen my son for two years as well. But me and her had a conversation where I let her know that, you know, you never have to go that long without seeing your grandson again. Whatever me and your son have going on, that's between me and him. Me, I was like, I told her, I was like, me and you, we can we can make separate arrangements so that you can see your grandson. That's amazing. I know she told me, you know, I didn't raise my son like that. I don't know why why he's like that, but I didn't raise my son like that. And I was like, I know you didn't. So, you know, me and her, like, we cleared the air on that. Me and her have been good. We have a open communication and we have a good relationship. So, that's Well, great. that's amazing. I, honestly, I felt like listening to this story, you were way more generous than I would have been like that. Like you are such an amazing person. Ah, you know what it is? It's just that I feel like you just always try to give the people like the benefit of the doubt, even though maybe I was way more nicer than I should have been because even before, even before he had brought, he had served me the papers for visitation um, during that two years when he was absent, I was going to take him to court for like a child support increase. And I had got the paperwork and I had got it back so that I can get somebody to serve him. But and then me was like, you know what? Just don't even bother with it. Just withdraw your petition. And that's what I did. But karma, I'm telling you, karma is something. Karma is something. That's why that's why I'm so happy that I had the mindset to not even put my energy into chasing him and keep forcing him to be a dad because that was a waste of my energy. And I had to realize that my son, me and my son deserve all that energy. I deserve all the energy 
into building up myself and building up me and my son's life and getting us to where I want us to be. And that's exactly what I did. So it was funny how everything kind of came full circle and he doesn't see my son as much as he should these days, but I have to say financially, he takes care of my son. Good. As he should. Um, He takes care of my son. And I had to just realize that he is operating from the capacity from, yeah, he just operating and he just doing the, the capacity of what he has to do. And I have, and I had to, even though it's not good, he could do more. I can't force him. I can't twist his arm. Yeah. You just kind of had to accept it, which is yeah, I shitty, but better it. for you. Yeah. Right. Well, you, yeah, because I had to like mentally like free myself. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because, you know, he, I keep doing the same thing. Keep trying to force him, force him, force him, force him. It was driving me crazy. Yeah. And I think that we have to realize even if we, <clears throat> even if we stop and we stop forcing them in, it doesn't mean that we're giving up. It's just that in life, you have to pick and choose your battles. Yeah, that is, that's a, that's a really, really good advice. I, mm-hmm. I still, um, not, not exactly in your situation, but just, I still hold a lot of resentment and I still, you know, it's I have hard. a lot to learn from that. I have a lot to learn from you <laughs> and hope no, that I can get to the point that you're at right. eventually. I know it took me and you know what? It took me a long time, but <clears throat> I knew that if I didn't let go of this situation and the hold that it had on me emotionally, I was never going to be able to move on. So I should sit here and be damaged and not heal myself and free myself from the situation. Meanwhile, this man is out there living his life, dating and doing all of that without any problem. So I'm going to live my life too. I deserve to be happy. Exactly. Despite despite what the, what my current situation may look like, and I'm not where I want to be, I deserve to be happy. And when I tell you, once I freed myself from all those emotions, I told you the job came, the more child support came for me. I was I was able to start doing more stuff for my son. I was able to be there more for my son. And then fast forward to the pandemic. I work full time from home. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. It because like I said, I always imagine myself being a housewife. <laughs> I always yeah, imagine that's myself really nice. being a housewife. So I could still be here for my son. I can take him to school every day. I can pick him up from school. And I can still provide for us. Um, of course, financially, like earning-wise, oh, yeah, of course. We all want to earn more money because as you progress in life, of course, you start to want more things. Yeah. Uh, but now I have a car. Before, I didn't have a car. <laughs> Me and my son were taken. We were either a family member would give us a ride or I would ask a friend to give us a ride. Um take uber or taxis but now i can take my son if my son has a extracurricular activity if he wants to go to the park i can get in my car and drive him to the park so it's just it's just small things like that that make me so proud of myself and i just think back like if i would have stayed stuck in that self-pity and everything and feeling sorry for myself i didn't pull myself out of that where would i be at today 
you should be really proud of yourself. You are such a strong woman. Like, and just, you know, I, I was after our conversation the first time I was talking to my family about just how amazing it went and how just like smart you are. I was like, she is like so much more mature than me. I felt like she, like you, your mindset on everything is just so amazing and beautiful and inspiring. And it's what I, I hope I can achieve one day. No, you like, oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm probably older. I'm probably older than you. Cause I'm 32 years old, but, um, I just feel like mindset is everything in life. Mindset is definitely everything. I know people, I know it's so cliche cause people say it all the time, but it's really true. And, um, that's why I say like, you all like, you know, you always have to be your biggest fan. And um, sometimes it's becoming a single mother that can really, like, it can, like, save your life. Like, I would say that, like, it saved my life, and I feel like it helped me evolve as a person and as a woman. Because before I had my son, I didn't know myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know that I had so much unresolved issues and trauma that I had to heal and recognize so I would say that once I have my son it's like it unlocked the door it like it like unlocked my potential I would say wow that's amazing I love that yeah I would say because you know as mothers we don't have a choice we have to take care of our kids and we have to be the best that we can be for our children and knowing how I grew up I don't I don't I didn't want that for my son I wanted to I want my don't get me wrong. My, I didn't have a bad mother, but my mother was I was the oldest of seven kids. So my mom, my mom really didn't have time for us. She and really, you said like, y- your dad wasn't in was no, was my your dad, dad wasn't in the picture? Yeah, yeah. My dad wasn't in the picture, so <clears throat> I just knew that there's certain things I wanted for my son that I didn't have growing up. So that definitely like inspired me and. And just all the women that I met on my page, just all the women that I met on my page, um, it just let me, it just always let me know that I wasn't, I wasn't alone with um, everything. And I just feel like single motherhood, it's like, it's definitely a journey. And I just feel like, especially like when you have like kids, like so young, it's kind of like you start growing up with your kids yeah. in a way. My son was like, why do I feel like you're my sister? Oh, (laughs) that's so cute. Why do I feel like you're my sister? You're like, because I'm so cool. Right. (laughs) Um, Backtracking a tiny bit. um, What was visitation like after you guys went to court and then up until now? Is he, you said he's still not very consistent, Mm -hmm. right? Not very, no, not very um consistent at all. And I don't, I don't push, I don't push it either. Him and my son, they will talk video, uh, via uh, FaceTime and things like that. So I would say as far as like that kind of like communication, he's gotten better. Like, you know, he'll call my son and see like what he's up to and things like that. And then my son always talks to his grandmother from his dad's side. But as far as, like, physically, like, I just feel like his father wasn't there. I just feel like he he doesn't have the capacity to really 
give my son that that to give my son what he needs emotionally and physically at this time. Do you see? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just feel like he still has a wounded inner child that I don't I don't feel I don't ever see him really confronting that because when you really do the work on yourself, you have to confront some pretty ugly things. And uh, some people are just not ready for that. And I just feel like he's at a place where he's not ready for that. And I'm not going to keep trying to talk to you and tell you certain things for you to then return it and validate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to my son. So I just leave it alone. Thankfully, my son has a great support system. He has a great God. He has two great godfathers. I have four brothers. Um, you know, he has a grandfather in his life. So he so he has male figures in his life. Yeah, yeah. To kind of like, of course, it's not going to fill the um, role of a um, father. But even my son, like, he said that he wants a stepfather. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> um, so. Do you feel like, like, it bothers your son? Does he kind of notice? Yes. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Because uh, I remember, like, one time um, we were, like, watching TikTok and, um, it was just showing, like, you know, you know, people make, like, little, like, montages with, like, the videos. So, it was, like, the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, lady was showing a picture of, like, her fiancé spending time with her children. And he, my son was like, that's a good dad. He's doing father and son bonding. He was like, my dad doesn't do that. Oh, my gosh. That makes me want to cry. So, oh. I was, and then, like, just to, like, you know, kind of, like, pick at his brain, like, like a little further, I was like, well, like, what is this what is this dad doing that you feel that your dad doesn't do that makes this guy that makes this dad good but your dad not good so like he was able to like compare and contrast both and eventually like kids they learn yeah and how old is he my son is seven but my son had like my son had always talked very clear always communicated well so my son is very in touch like, with his emotions and his feelings and things like that. So yeah, my son definitely like notices, but I always just try to keep my son busy and just keep him surrounded by family. And he has his dad's mom, which is really, really good because they have such a good relationship. And you know, kids, kids love their grandparents. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, I don't care. He was like, I want to talk to my Nana anyway. So he's like, so I I hope that it continues to be like that. But I'm already planning that maybe as he gets a little bit older, that if needed, I will I will get him into uh, some kind of counseling, definitely. Yeah. So would you mind me asking, as a Black single mom, do you feel like you've had it worse? Or not worse, but like, how have you, I'm like, I, I'm so new at this. I'm like really bad at wording right. my stuff, but like, you know what I mean? Like in comparison to white single moms, do you feel like there's. Um, well, I would say, uh, uh, I would say, of course, um, my um, access to like certain like resources and things is probably not as vast as like a white woman uh-huh. and things like that. But um, 
in my community where I live at, it's a lot of like black and brown people. Um, so I mean, the only people that I really got judgment from were like the people that are like the welfare office and yeah, and yeah. things like that. But um, for the most part, um, no, I really wouldn't. I really can't say that I really had any discrimination where I felt like I was getting treated less than versus something like a white woman. Like I would say that that hasn't been my experience um, between myself and other like single moms. Even like me, like going down to like when I was like getting like WIC, I would go to the office. It would be white women in there. I wasn't treated with less respect than them. Oh, good. That's really good to hear. Yeah. And I know that's not the case for everyone, um, but it's amazing that it was the case for you. Right. I mean, the only thing that I would say is um, as a single black mother is definitely like learning to advocate for for my child as far as like um, medically, like, like, like that situation where with my son could have been prevented when he got sick. Yeah, I took my son to the doctor um, week after week after week for maybe like two two or three weeks, and the doctor's like, "Oh no, he's too young. I don't want to um, do a chest X-ray on him. Just steam him in the bathroom and do this and do that." And I would feel in that regard that that was like maybe like um, racial, maybe like um, bias, like yeah. them, like not believing, like, no, it's something wrong with, with my son. Yeah. 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 And when eventually when like one night my son, my, my, my mom was like, he doesn't sound good. He sounds like, like, like his chest is like rattling. And when I went to um, the emergency room and then they found out, they found out that my son had pneumonia. It's like, they were almost like blaming me. And it's like, no, I took my son to the doctor yeah. week after week. And they told me that nothing was wrong with him to just steam him in the bathroom. Oh my goodness. Oh, so from that, that situation, is so frustrating. Yes. So from that situation, um, I learned to like advocate for my child. Yeah. I had learned to like advocate for my child and speak how I felt, no matter how I felt, people would like look at me like crazy because it's stories that I seen on YouTube with another black um, family it was the same thing. They were going to the doctor, going to the doctor time, time after time. Their child ended up dying because the child did not get proper medical care and the child had pneumonia as well. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Oh. And they were bringing them to the doctor. They're doing the same thing I was doing, bringing them back to the doctor, bringing, you know, bringing the child to the um, doctor. And they were just like, oh no, everything would be fine and things like that. So like... As far as like being like a single mom, I had to learn to like, no, I have to advocate for myself and my child, no matter what. So like now when I go to the doctor, it's like, okay, I'm not just listening to what you're saying. I'm going to tell you what I think we should do in a situation. And of course, I'm going to take your medical expertise into consideration, but it's not just you telling me what to do. It's we're going to, we're going to talk, have a conversation and then we're going to both, what I'm going to do, I'm going to decide what's best for my child. Yeah. Um, because I had another situation too, where like I said, I brought my son to the doctor, um, probably like, maybe like four years ago, I had brought him to the doctor because um, like his ear was like bothering him. He, he was like pulling at his ear. I go to the doctor, she's telling me, oh, um, his ear is not red enough, so I can't prescribe him any um, antibiotics. Do you know I brought my son home? Yes. Do you know I brought my son home that night? And my son was screaming because he could not go to sleep. Goes to the doctor and what does he have? He has an ear infection. Yeah. 
no shit. That is so frustrating. So I would, I would feel like the only instance where I, I would say I have experienced anything versus a white mom versus a black mom, um, black single mom is when it comes to medical care, definitely, okay. which I feel like overall, um, that's like a problem even outside of maternity, um, because even for black women, when we go in to give birth, you know? Yes, um, I have heard about that. Yeah, the statistics not, of yeah, doctors yeah. don't believe us when we say that we're impregnant. A black woman, I think, is three times more likely to die when she goes in to give birth. Yes, that's what my sister was. I think just last yes. month we were talking about this. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I would say the only time with the prejudice for me I have experienced is when it comes to dealing with medical um, professionals. Um, so now I know to like do my own research. And if I have to always go and don't be afraid to go and get a second um, opinion. And if I feel like something is not working out with the um, healthcare provider, we go and we get somebody new. Yeah. Um, thankfully, my son' health has, you know, has not suffered um, since he was seriously um, hospitalized. Then, so I would say that's the I would say that's the only instance where I have noticed the difference of how they treat single black moms versus single white moms. Okay. Um, what resources did you find helpful going through your situation? As far as court? Just court and, um, yeah, just, um, in general. Definitely like WIC, like definitely help, like definitely like the social welfare um, system. Like it's definitely helped me. Food stamps, you can feed your kid, Medicaid, like me and my son, we both had, um, insurance that you know we didn't have I didn't have to worry about paying any like co-pays or anything uh and then also too at one point I was getting help with child care to pay the child care for my son so that was very helpful uh regarding court court the system was not really helpful at all we did there wasn't really any like free like um legal aid services available for like moms or just like women in general yeah so the only system that I was really able to like take advantage of as a single mother was was I would say welfare you want to call it welfare or government programs yeah the court system is so confusing like so confusing and the fact that like you were like, it's just so weird that you were, you know, getting calls from this random number and they were just outside your door. Like, it's so weird the way it works and that someone can just like serve you and they will show up at your house. Like, it's so yeah, weird. Process server, and it was like, and what, yeah, and it was just crazy because I'm like, you put all of this energy because he didn't even have my address. I had, I had, I had moved within those two years, but he didn't even have my address. So it's like, okay, you went through all of this trouble to find this paperwork, pay this process server, have them find me for you to not show up to the visits. Yeah, I, I, that's that's what really like shocked me with my situation is the amount of time. And because as women, no woman I have met or no mother I have met for one even has the time or wants to take the time to like put like it's all ego driven right it's like for our kids we would do anything right like that's not why I'm talking about it but obviously this wasn't in an attempt to see his son more since he 
was missing visits and didn't even Mm -hmm. end up seeing his son. It was all just like a weird ego thing. It's like the amount of time and energy men spend on just feeding their ego or, or I guess maybe trying, I don't know if it was more of like a power play or just trying to control you, whatever it was like the amount of money, time and energy they will spend is so odd to me. I don't know. Right. And that's why I said it's so funny how life works. Cause it's like, okay, you did all of this and you went to court and you made yourself look crazy for one. And so because he felt that he had already lost when we went to our first court day, then he just started not, like I said, he came to like one or two visits. And after that, it was like excuses or just not showing up. And um, yeah, it was definitely like ego driven. And that's why things didn't work in his favor because you weren't motivated by the right reasons to do it in the first place. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and that's why I said God, God has a way of just humbling people to really show them like, no, you have, you will be held accountable and you can't just do whatever you want to do. Like this is, this is a whole human being that me and you are both supposed to be responsible for. You don't, you don't play about stuff like that. Cause of, you know, of course, when you're, when you're in that tit for tat phase, when you're a single mom and like with the father, like when you're in that tit, tit for tat phase, of course, on both parties do petty things, but then in the end, you have to think, is it really worth it? Yeah. What are we going to accomplish? Um, and then what advice would you give to other women in your situation or in any of your past situations? I would say if, if you're a single mother, definitely like number one mindset and believe in yourself. Even if even if you're in the thick of things and you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, still please have faith and believe in yourself. And secondly, surround yourself with nothing but positive people that are um, going to cover you and be there for you and your child when you need them. And I think that's what helped me, definitely. Um, and I will also say, even yourself, I would say do your research. If, if you feel like you want to take the route to handle certain things through the court, I understand. Do your research. If you can, consult an attorney. Uh, do, yeah, know your laws and your... um definitely and I would just say and never give up never give up never give up on yourself because and and lastly I would say think of this as a new journey in your life this is it might be difficult you may have some bumps along the way but still allow yourself to enjoy the beauty of motherhood and what it brings you and don't let don't let a man steal your, steal that from you because our child, you know, our children go through stages. So you don't want to be so consumed with resentment, rage, sometimes bitterness, anger that you don't allow yourself to enjoy motherhood. Um, so that would be my advice. That's amazing. That That last part really resonates with me is sometimes, yeah, I spend so much time just being upset and angry that some, you know, that people can be this way or the court system can be this way. Mm-hmm. And I just need to let it go. <laughs> I really do. 
Yeah, and, I, and yeah, I mean, you don't have to like let it go because sometimes we need people to get out there in the front lines and fight for different causes. Um, but we have to ultimately remember that when it comes to these men, especially these men that want to do the bare minimum, that don't want to be fathers, we have to realize we can't twist their arm and we can't force a man to be a father. Yeah. All we can do is be the best mothers that we can be, be there for our children and give our children exactly what they need, even if even if the father is not in the picture. And that's why I, you know, I don't understand why single mothers get so much flack because we didn't wake up one day saying that, yeah, we, I think I'm going to be a single mom today. No. Yeah. The things I went through, I would never wish this on any woman. And this is why younger girls, I tell them, until that man puts a ring on your finger, do not think about giving him a child. Yeah. Do not do not easily give a man your body, especially unprotected sex. Do not do that. Do not do that. Because if I had known things that, you know, about like being a woman and valuing yourself and loving yourself, I would have never found myself in that, that situation. But God is so good that that situation led me to my self-discovery journey, self-love and everything. So. I'm blessed for that. Yes. What a, what an amazing, you know, positive outlook to have. Is there anything else you wanted to say or? Uh, definitely. If you ladies want to follow more of my content, uh, follow me on Instagram at, at single mom confessions. And I will be launching my website pretty soon. I'm not going to really leak too many details about the website. Cause I'm still trying to figure out a few things. But definitely stay tuned because I will be launching my site soon because I want to expand the platform so I can reach more women. I am so excited for your website. I enjoy your Instagram so much. So definitely follow her Instagram. Well, thank you so much for talking to me again for a second time. I feel like my listeners are just going to learn so much from you. And I know I have from just talking to you. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.